In this episode, we are joined by one of my personal favorite tattoo artists, Jack Gox, a.k.a. Gox is Dead online. Jack's style is very recognizable and in a league of its own. Listen to how he started tattooing and where he's planning to go with his career. Remember, if you like this kind of content and you want to see more, like and subscribe to the channel. Let's get into it. The uh, legend that is Jack. Jack Gox. Is that your real name, though? No. What's your real name? Jack Pierce. Well, no, my real name's Jackie. Yo, what? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, I Gox was my graffiti name. I was going to ask that. Back yeah, when cool. I was in school. Mm. And I came about that because I love Dragon Ball Z. So I tried writing Goku. And with the U on the end, it looks shit. So I changed it to an S. And oh. it was like Gox. I was like, oh, that's cool. And then... That was like really early internet days. I remember searching online for like Gox to see if anything would come up and like there was nothing. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, oh, sweet, cool. I've got something original there. Like, nice. Okay. And then I carried that through when I started tattooing. I used it as an artist's name, but then I changed. Well, I didn't change it. I set it up on my Instagram as Gox is dead. And then that represents that I don't write graffiti no more. So oh, it's like Gox is nice. dead. Uh, so yeah and it's just I've just kept it that way because I wanted it to be a memorable thing rather than just my name yeah sure Uh, so it was kind of like also as well said and it wasn't my name Mm. yeah yeah like the alias everyone has that they get scared to go to the airport travel (laughs) that's the thing isn't it yeah people get done for that real bad man yeah people come over just been in the country and they'll have a ridiculous name like you know I can't think, I'm not going to think of one on the top of my head right now. I'm too on the spot. But um, just get to the border and then they're just like, yeah, you, we know you're going to tell you. So if you go. Yeah, fuck I've got that. Got another 14 hour flight. Yeah. I know, that's so bad. So how long ago was it that you gave up writing graffiti then? I mean, or, it wasn't like I was like... kind a, of a bad word, but you know. Yeah, I mean, I never got like crazy good at it. It was just tagging and shit like that around my local area but i was so i always did art at school did uh, graffiti for fun then when i went to university got a degree in fine art and from that i didn't i knew straight away that i didn't want to be a fine artist because right i I thought when i went to uni i thought all right sweet like they're gonna teach me how to be an artist, like how to draw things and how to like be creative and how to do it. Yeah. And it wasn't like that because it was, as soon as you got there, it was like, ah, welcome to fine art, crack on and we'll grade you in six yeah. months. And it's just like, yeah, okay, I, I don't even have anything I'm cracking on with. Like, And it was really terrifying and I had no fucking clue what I was doing and I kind of just fumbled through it. Yeah. Got my degree at the end and was like, fuck, like what the hell am I going to do? But luckily, halfway through, where we had to get work placement in an art field, uh, I had no interest in tattooings. The only tattoo I'd ever really seen was my dad had like a tribal on his shoulder blades. Shout out to dad. And uh, yeah, and I, uh, it just never interested me. I, I didn't even like being like into like emo and rock music and stuff. I didn't even remember looking at their tattoos and thinking, oh yeah, tattoos are really cool. It yeah, just wasn't have, on my you, radar. You haven't got a lot of tattoos even yourself, have you? Like, Is that still the vibe now? Are you still kind of like... I've, I don't have a back. I've saved this sleeve. Yeah. I've got a couple of spaces left on my legs, maybe the top of my feet. I've, I've got a back for you. It looks... Yeah, I've, I've never... Not even interested in getting my back tattooed. It's the whitest thing ever as well <laughs> yeah. I see, see my, my back will be the next thing that i do and yeah. i know the artist 
it's just going to cost so much fucking money. Who, who is it? So I want to do it with uh, Brett Rose Piler, if okay. that's how you say his name. Uh, he's out in Vegas. Um, mm, it's a fun weekend, though. Heritage Tattoo, I think they're called. And, uh, yeah, so that's like flights to Vegas. Yeah. You However many times out of the year. And you can only go to a Vegas a handful of and times. And it's American. Like, it's pricey. <laughs> and then the flights and the accommodation. Yeah. So it's like, and now I'm older. It's like, I'm fucking terrified to start it. Yeah. So, and now I've got a third kid on the way. So it's like, all right, well, I don't need to spend that much money yeah. on the back piece right now. Yeah, so yeah. it's going to get pushed back even further. The good thing is the conversion rate for us, at least. But the, the, the I think the culture over there is so different. Like when, when I was just in LA, they're like, I mean, standard rate, they were saying is like, you can do two grand, three grand a day. Like, you know, we had Russell, he, he mentions it on his podcast. So I'll say he charges two, two a day. Mm. Um, but Americans love it. They will pay it. They, yeah, they, they're in that hustle money. Mm. I mean, listen to their music and all that. They're conditioned to get money every day, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're kind they're of, raised to be winners, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're quite conservative with our money over here. I would, I would think anyway. But I think um, they're kind of more used to paying a lot for like their luxury items as well. Yeah, I, I feel like everything seems a lot more expensive in America. Yeah, status money as well, isn't yeah. it? You know, that kind of feeling of just like you can go to Vegas and then be like, I'm just going to do 20 grand on blackjack. Yeah. I would never do that. I would never do that. You know? If I had 20 grand in my pocket, then I probably would do that. Yeah, I, I, was, I went to Vegas once for a stag do and I was like, I'm going to spend fifty dollars a day yeah. on gambling yeah and, yeah, and yeah like that's it like because I, I don't fucking gamble i don't know no. how to play the game i just yeah. played roulette 50 quid down lost okay next day 50 quid down lost okay fuck yeah. it. Like, this is day, fun. 50 quid down <laughs> yeah, yeah. got got my hundred back i was like, okay cool Thanks. yeah yeah see you later i did exactly the same with em i was like she was like do you think we should do some gambling while we're here and i was like yeah go on then we'll and i had to, i budgeted it right so we looked for like blackjack tables that were like quite low rates on them so i was like cool, at least we'll get a couple of hands in and she was like i don't know how to play any of this though and i was like well i know how to play blackjack so i'll go play that and i was just like put the money down they'll give us the chips and then she was like flip the cards over and I was like, and we've lost. So, and then she goes, oh, and they just take your money. I was like, yep. And then we did it three times, three hands. And she was like, this isn't fun at all. <laughs> so yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. go to a show or something like that. This is way better. <laughs> I'm really good at not gambling until I start gambling. Like last time we went to the casino in London, I just flat out refused. It wasn't gambling because even if it's like a fruit machine in the pub, I'll it go in there. To, yeah. And it's there, all the flashing lights. I'm like, I'm going to get 250 quid out of that, easy. Do you think that they program it to flash in a certain way so that when it hits yeah. you, it's like MK Ultra, yeah. and yeah. you like, have to walk over like, Morse code. Oh, stick a tenner in there. I didn't really want to do that at all, but for some reason, I'm going to put all my money yeah, in that little like, kids machine over there. <laughs> they've got like the ones you can feed notes into now as well. So I'll stick a 20 quid in there, and I'll, I'll see where this gets me. Yeah. And then it just swallows 20 quid off you. You don't even get any nice flashy lights. No. Like, no dings. And my brain's going, this one's going to pay out. In a yeah. Minute. We used to do another 20 quid after <laughs> yeah. work. We got hooked on it. We'd finished the... Like double, was it Double Dragon or something? Yeah, well? Double Dragon. That was dangerous. Double Dragon and Spider Spins. And we only picked it because it was like, Spider-Man. We love Spider-Man. So we would go finish work. And we'll get our day's pay and we'll be like, we'll just do a hundred in the machine. 
you know, and see. And sometimes, like, say, Josh, like, he would put in sometimes and then just be like, you you won 600 quid back. So but when that was happening, it was happening quite frequently. So we was like, we never lose at this, yeah. you know. <laughs> and, and then we started to lose a lot. So oh, it was such a weird time. Before we went out clubbing or something, we'd be like, just a couple of rounds of spider spins. We were doing everything that you shouldn't do with your life then. We was yeah, like yeah, yeah. going out drinking, gambling, and late nights, you know, wasting all your money. And um, hey, don't do that, kids. Don't yeah. do that. But you, you, you got me off there with the gambling stuff, with the actual kind of art stuff when I was... So when I went to university, had to get work placement. What university was it? University of Hertfordshire. Okay. In North London. Um, and I actually applied for like Central St. Martins and I never got a, like, a, you know, they obviously say you didn't get in. You're I right. never even received a letter to say I didn't get in. So I guess it just kind of got lost my okay. entry because they were my first and then uh, Hertfordshire didn't was chase my second. It up, then. Nah, I just didn't care. It was whatever. Oh, okay. uh, and then so there's my second one, Hertfordshire, which was not far away from where I lived. Was like, oh, well, that's perfect anyway because I want to go there. So I got into that. But they – so we had to get work placement in an art field. Yeah. I had no interest in tattooings. Didn't even look at it. Wasn't wasn't interested in it. And a friend of mine who had a tattoo was like, oh, why don't you try the local tattoo shop? That, that might be quite cool. And I was like, oh, yeah, all right, then let's do that. So I went in there. And was like, oh, yeah, can I work with you for free for two weeks? Um, okay, yeah. And so I see what the industry's like or whatever. And he was like, yeah, cool, sweet. Like, as you're thinking, yeah, I've got someone to, like, clean my studio for. Yeah, me he's like, just two not. weeks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I did that. And then within that two weeks, I was like, oh, yeah, this will be really fucking cool to do as a career. Like, it's it's artistic. It's, like, actually focused on the visual side of art because I always found what I didn't like about the fine art side of art was – at uni, it wasn't, they weren't teaching us how to make art. They were basically teaching us how to brown nose and how to get noticed by people and, oh, and how to kind of work be, the industry. Exactly. How to get into being a fine artist. And wow, I was, I find that, strange. I find that gross. I didn't like the idea of it's like you wasn't of importance until somebody of importance looked at you and was like, ah, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, someone yeah. to look at. And everyone goes, oh, yeah, oh, so yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. Marketing. Yeah, so I was like, I, I didn't like all of that. But then obviously tattooing was like, oh, it actually is, the art is important. How well the art yeah. is created is important. So I was like, oh, this will be really fun. Um, and I, yeah, started my apprenticeship straight away uh, from that two weeks. So within the holidays of uni, I was in the studio starting it straight away right. and, then, and then i had like a, obviously a, like a year and a half left of uni so i'd done that in the holidays then once i left uni i went full-time there and i've literally been doing that ever since which was now 14 back. years ago yeah wow whatever, whatever it is as it feel like it's blown past yeah like crazy yeah, i always yeah. used to think like oh when i've been tattering 10 years you know i'm gonna be like really good and i'll really know what i'm doing and it's just like oh shit yeah 10 years ago was however yeah. long ago and it's like god i still feel like i'm climbing and still feel like yeah I, there's so much i i should better myself at and yeah well you're an amazing artist i oh, think we all well, have you. that it's from the outside isn't it because your work has always been very like uh, uh that scene especially coming up because we kind of come up at the same time yeah, i exactly. always remember your work yours was very distinctive and it, uh, and i think it also shaped a lot of other people's 
styles, especially around that time. No, thanks. Um, well, it's, it's weird that because you don't see it yourself. No. But then I'll have people message me on Instagram who have been tattooing however many years and they'll say, like, I was a direct influence in why they got into tattooing. And yeah. it's like to hear that, it's like, oh, God, that's crazy. Like, yeah, you're I like, don't, oh, I feel, like, like, I don't feel like I, I would even be worthy of that. And I don't think I am. But it's 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 really nice, but it's also really shocking when you do hear that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think I, I think it's important to feel that sometimes, especially when you're not like an ego, you're obviously not an ego-driven person at all. Like you can tell just by that first <laughs> sentence, yeah. you know. But it is nice because it's almost like it's your own pat on the back, isn't it? To be like, hey, this is all worth it, you know. Yeah, you well, know, when you're having hard you're times and you feel like lost with like, oh God, I, I can't do this. I'm terrible at this. And then yeah. you get a message like that and and it's nice as, oh, okay, at least I'm doing something. At least yeah. like, there's something yeah. I'm getting right, you know. Yeah, your own enemy is your mind, isn't it? It's like the things every day. I, saw, I actually saw a quote earlier. I think it was from Mark Twain. It was like, all the stuff I say, none of it come into fruition, you know. But... I said that to my stuff daily, you know, mm. all the things that I dreaded and was like, this is going to be really bad. This is going to be bad in my life. This is going to be bad. It was like, it didn't even happen. So yeah. don't do that. Yeah. Oh, I'm I terrible. I, life, I, you know? <laughs> I self-doubt myself all the time and highly critical. It, uh, yeah. Everything I do is not good enough and I'll pick all of the flaws out of it and it's so bad. It's so toxic to yourself. Yeah. I don't know how to stop doing it. Mm. Like, it's so hard to not... I like, think it's you're born with it if you're an artist. Yeah. Because you have to. You kind of have to. Well, have it gives you drive. gives you drive to improve. But yeah. then it's like, what good is that is if you're just depressed the whole fucking time. Yeah. Right? You <laughs> like, enjoy the journey like, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But it is interesting that we, we, yeah, we came from that same era of tattooing where yeah. you had like you had the instagram the, golden days yeah you had the old guard before which was you know like your valerie vargas's and and, and all of these kind of like echo and all these legends in the yeah, industry yeah, yeah. that we were looking at their work like oh my god like this is so cool and then we then were that kind of younger modern age who were doing it like using the internet and having all these tools yeah, not yeah. ipads yet but you know having mm -hmm. kind of modern things to kind of propel ourselves and whatnot and then obviously now we're into tiktok being such an influence on tattooing is just crazy yeah. like i don't use tiktok i, I use no, instagram I and it that. is it's basically tiktok these days yeah I, instagram. I, yeah straight refuse to use tiktok I don't, yeah I don't, I don't want to go down that I, don't, I don't want my kids on it either no i don't like that the thing is, it's nice for some things where I, I guess it can highlight some things about the industry. Yes, maybe. But like, I think it's, it is sad to see people kind of fighting for what they want. But people would say this even about the podcast, be like, oh, you know, you're kind of doing a new angle to to do something. But like, we don't earn any money. We just do it for fun. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it's just part of, the, part of the thing. Well, and but, you're putting back into the culture as well, so it's nice. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the thing for the podcast, we're getting off track, but the thing for the podcast was like, there's a lot of voices that need to be heard, like from, especially the industry, and for myself being such a big fan of tattooing as well as a tattoo artist, it's nice to actually sit down. Like, we, I've known you for years, but we haven't sat down and spoke like this. No. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Because my first ever guest spot was here at your shop. Well, not this shop, but it's a new shop. Yeah, your, yeah. your older shop. Um, 
And that was the first my ever life time. Fell I, apart when you were there, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that was. I remember. At first, it, it wasn't obvious, and then as the day went on, I was. It was like, it was like my life. Oh, okay, it's apart, really. I have to go. It's, it's really <laughs> oh, kicking off right now. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, when um, when me and um, Scarlett's mum split up, and that all happened that weekend. It was that. Yeah, it was. Over yeah, weekend, yeah. That right? was the first time I came, and then I, I came a second time, probably the year after, or maybe two years oh, okay. after, or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, nice. But it was before where you are now. Yeah. So it must, because I was chatting to Chris. That, that's eight years you've had that place now. So it yeah. would have been ten years ago that yeah. I was around here. That seems mad saying you've had that place for eight years now, because obviously I, I remember, I remember all your shops. I know. And yeah. Like thinking about it as eight years. It's mad that that means Chris will be coming up to his 10 year then. Yeah. Soon. Where's that come from? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Make me feel feel really old. We're spending too much time Would Chris not been tattooing then when I was there? He was, um, it's hard to pinpoint him because I remember he started in the other shop and then it was, it might have been a year or so. Maybe it was and still really we early that he was, he yeah, was getting he was, him doing apprentice stuff. He, he was, was drawing. He wasn't, I don't remember him tattooing. No, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was very, very early for him. Mm. So, but it, it, that means in like a year or so, he'll be 10 years. If the numbers are right, if it's eight years. It's hard to no, kind yeah. of keep mm. tracks on. Yeah, no. Well, I was, I was talking now, to Chris the other day because... Um, Next week, next Wednesday, I've been in the shop a year. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, we've got to do something. Next Wednesday. And I was like, that year has gone so quickly. You're going to have to do a hot wings chicken challenge. Yeah, I was going to bring some cakes and party hats down. Yeah. (laughs) It's my birthday. (laughs) That's a pop with me for a whole year. (laughs) Um, I saw that uh, we did a, Joe did a one chip challenge. Oh, right, yeah. You know that one that you could get on the, the internet? Bar, that, yeah. They got rid of it because some kid died. Oh, Did you see that? Yeah. yeah. Some kid ate it and died. I didn't even think it was that spicy. Well, yeah. Apparently it is. Yeah. They had to take it off. So, <laughs> But then, sorry. yeah, because um, it was like a 15-year-old kid or something, wasn't it? Yeah, imagine what that would do to your insight. You were in trouble. You, oh, the, when you were reflecting on it, you were like, oh, that wasn't bad. I'll do it again. But the I remember that day. spiciness of it wasn't as bad as I'd hyped it up to be in my head. I think that's why I took it so well. Yeah. But, like, the two, three days after, like, the stomach cramps and just constantly feeling sick, that was bad. I felt like I'd had a box of chemicals. (laughs) Jesus, yeah. I'd done one of those, you know, like the, make up a number, 10,000 Schofield vodka shock or whatever. And that was, like, horrible in the moment, but not days after. So that can't even be Mm. close to what that was like. Yeah. There was one that we went to in London called Garlic and Shots. Yeah. It's a bar. Have you been to that? And they had something like that. It was a chilli shot, didn't they? Yeah. I'm and sure it, that was like Carolina Reaper pepper. Yeah. It just shot. ruined my mate. I, I did. I, I was like, I'm, I'm not touching that shit. Yeah, no, mate. fuck that. He threw up over everything there. And it was like a really small bar. So it was just that <laughs> It was, it was like, I felt so, because we were sober as well. And like, they were battered. Yeah, 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 they were. And, like, you know, like, when someone's getting a little bit too rowdy and you're like, oh, I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah, we're out of our depths. We're out in London, kind of like, hmm. So, no TikTok? Nah, nah, no TikTok, just Instagram. No Facebook, none of that. I wonder if there will ever be another app that will challenge how Instagram was for artists. 
I think it's still what people consume, though. I think people... I was saying this the other day because someone um, uh, was talking to me. It was just in the comments section about um, what I post these days and stuff like that. And they was like, do you think it gets as much as attention as your other stuff? And I was like, I... Honestly, it's, I don't think it has any reflection on the art. I actually, I would like to consider myself at my moment now. I enjoy tattooing the most now because I feel like I understand it a lot more now compared to um, uh, even five years ago, you know? So even down to like my heels are coming back that I'm like, you know, it was always one of those things where you have someone come back and you're like, you know, I hope it's healed well. And, yeah. You know, you yeah. kind of have that um, almost, uh, you know, uh, bad feeling about it, you know, coming back. Um, and now they're coming back and I'm like, oh, this is like when I used to gawp over other people's heels, you know, that I'm like, oh, I'm getting those heels now. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. and yeah. I'm really enjoying it, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I, I said to him, I think that, we as artists have been posting tattoos and really like our clients give us the same type of tattoo for many years. I'm always doing bears. I'm always doing wolves. I'm always doing something that is quite repetitive, you know, with, with it. Um, and I don't po- want to post them all the time because my my page would just be wolves. Yeah. Or they're going to be neon leopards or something, you know, now. Because someone sees them and then they just gets booked up as snowballs. But as well for a consumer, like as in people like looking from the outside, they're probably, imagine how many tattoos when you go on Instagram and you just scroll. You're just scrolling yeah. and you're scrolling. They're actually good. I, I had to make a point of it where I was going, fuck, I'm doing that thing again, or I'm just scrolling and I'll make sure I look and I like stuff and I do that because I don't want to be a part of the problem, mm. you know. Mm. How many likes do you throw out a day to other people? Oh, um, I'll look and like within seconds and I've moved on. I do yeah. that, but I'm dishing out likes. Yeah, and yeah, then if yeah, it's yeah. someone I know, I'm like, save that, give them that, copy yeah. the link. Yeah, 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 that. yeah. Do all the, what Instagram says, <laughs> do that. All, all for you guys at the shop, yeah. we'll do the same thing. A little like algorithm checklist. Yeah, yeah. Save, comment, like. Make sure I comment subscribe. on everything, yeah. yeah. When I comment as well, it's, I'm very unimaginative, but I want to leave them a comment or express that I really like it. I've got like three things I say, I just cycle through them. Like, yeah, yeah. So good, yeah, stunning. Yeah. <laughs> so just that all the time. Yeah, like I do that one. Yeah, now, that now they've bought out that you can post <laughs> gifts as a comment. That's just me now. Yeah, yeah. I do that. Yeah. Ooh, just leave that on everything. That's my favorite one. People message me though. They go, what does that mean? And they're there almost like it was... Well, the Christian Bale. Yeah. The American Psycho. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So good. I'll put the, uh, not the GIF, because I can't do GIFs. Pen can, and it makes me jealous. But um, yeah, the, there's the face blowing out the smoke. Yeah. And he's doing... The, and I, I put that with it as well. And people... But I get a couple of messages. They're like, does this mean good? Is this good or I'm bad? Like, it means great. <laughs> it doesn't just mean good. It means... <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> But yeah, I wonder if there will ever be an app that would challenge it because I don't think it will ever go back to those days. They introduced a bit where you could have it back in chronological order again. Yeah. But I don't think anyone clicks on it. Yeah, I've never bothered to put that back on. No. Mm. It's... I, it's like people complain that, oh, I wish it was back in the chronological, the in the original order that when it's posted so you can see it. But the reality of that's the reason why they changed it is because that's not helpful because if you have to have been there at that moment to see yeah, it, otherwise yeah. it's just buried and lost. Yeah. So it's like now it makes sense. It's like 
I'll follow someone who I like and it knows I like them probably because I like a lot of their stuff, I comment. And then like they don't post for like three months or whatever, but then they'll make a post and straight away that's the first thing Instagram yeah. feeds me. Yeah. It's like it's doing what it's supposed to. Like, mm. That's what I want it to do that because I would have missed that if that yeah, was yeah, chronological. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. And also if Instagram didn't algorithmically realize I like that person. Yeah, so yeah, it, yeah. It does work. It's just, it's a bit tricky that if you don't play the games and you don't get that first hour of intense interaction, yeah, that then it's like, well, this must be people. bad. So see you later kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I always thing. worried when you're saying about not posting the same thing all the time is what I worried is if I was just posting this one thing of I was doing foxes or whatever all the time, yeah. my always worry was if I did one that wasn't up to scratch and maybe there was something a little bit off about it and then those people that always like my stuff, they didn't like that one, then Instagram will then read that as, oh, you're losing interest in this person. I'll stop sending it to you. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. I always worried about posting boring and the same thing all the time because I dared – to do a bad one mm. and then their engagement drops and then Instagram stops feeding me to them. Yeah. So and it's crazy that we even have to think about that. Well, yeah. I, I, I'm, I, you were saying how you do like very similar things quite a lot. Mm. I kind of wish I had that, but then at the same time, I'm glad I don't because I've never had that thing that went viral and mm. that, that thing that people come to me for. I kind of, for the longest time, I've had a few voices of styles of way I, like someone comes to me with a certain idea, then I, in my category of like these four ways I do things, I go, okay, well, that way is better suited for that. And so yeah. I'll go that way with it. Uh, so I was always kind of doing a, a, a wider spread of stuff. And it's not like I was doing a tiger every day of the week where mm. the negative side of that is I wasn't able to constantly develop and get really good and hone in on how do I do tigers. So it would be a nightmare because I do a tiger I'm trying to figure it out. Okay, I think that, that works. I think that's good. Then I might not do another tiger again for like six months. And then it's not like a, oh, I've done this a hundred times. Yeah, this is how I do it. It's like, right, how the fuck do I do tigers? And it's like right back from the beginning, every yeah, single sure. tattoo I do. Yeah, Whereas yeah. I wish I had that thing. It's like, this is what I do that I yeah, could really develop tigers, and yeah. really hone in and, and do well with that and get really good at doing that. Because I always feel like I was a little bit spread out in all directions and mm. don't have that one thing that I'm really, really, really good at. So, but then the good side of it I found is actually I don't want to just do the same things all the yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. Like it's yeah. nice that I have three ways I do things and I have infinite pool of things I can take on to a certain extent. Mm. Like if it doesn't work with what I do, then I won't take it on. But it's always different. Yeah. And every day I always kind of have to figure that out. It's like how do I express that? And what's the best way to do that? Which is the fun of it as well. Yeah, isn't it? That's, but it's fucking that's, hard work. Yeah, it's but, so hard work to like sit down. It's like something that if it was something you do a lot, it's like oh yeah, I can literally bang that together in a few mm, hours. It's like there's yeah. me like six hours later, like oh my god, like fuck, I'm never doing this again. And it's yeah. like and another one comes in six months, like oh yeah, I fucking remember why I said no to this last yeah, yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's like, fuck. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Do you have a do you have a kind of strip a strict drawing time? Like, do you... Oh, I, I wish I was that organized. My, it, I'm, I feel like I am quite 
rusty with drawing now that I've had children that my drawing time has cut down quite a lot. Yeah. I before having kids, my life was two things. It was drawing, tattooing and yeah. playing video games. Yeah, and I, yeah, it's yeah. all day drawing from the moment I woke up like after breakfast or whatever, you know, from like 10 till like five o'clock in the evening, I'm just drawing all day. Yeah. And then it's like, cool, I'm not drawing no more. And it's like, turn the PlayStation on and play till like three in the morning and just mm. rinse, repeat every day. And uh, now having kids, I don't play video games at all anymore. I've just completely cut that out of my life entirely. And now it's all day family when the kids go to bed drawing. So I start my drawings now maybe eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night, and then I'll go to 12 or two, depending if I really need the extra time. And I'll do that. So I only work three and days a week. quite early because we've spoke quite oh, early I, yeah, in the morning. Five o'clock, six yeah, o'clock if I get yeah. a lay-in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, seven? Christ, that's amazing. You're lazy at seven, yeah. Yeah, Jesus yeah, Christ. Like teenage days. We, yeah, we, seven. We, yeah, seven o'clock a couple of days ago, and me and my wife woke up like, what time is it? Oh, yeah. I feel so rested. This is, is so good. <laughs> but yeah, no, so I do, I, I tattoo three days a week, which gives me four days a week to be ready. And yeah. ideally, okay. so I work Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Mm-hmm. And ideally, I want to not do anything Sunday. And yeah. even not talking about family, just in general, as I don't want to fucking be thinking about work and drawing. So yeah. Sundays, I usually don't do anything unless I want to. And then, so it's like Monday, I kind of want to get the hardest and the biggest project started or done. Yeah, so then that way I've got I've got Monday to Wednesday to get the hardest thing done. And if it yeah. takes me all three days to do it, like play evening drawings to do it, then it's like, cool, I've got that done. Then I have the Thursday, Friday night to get the other ones done. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I try not to like take on like multiple big projects in a week. And sometimes that may accidentally happen where I wasn't too smart about my bookings. And I was mm. like, fuck, I've got two sleeves to start this week. And it's just yeah. like, Jesus. So I'll just like shut myself away for a day and say, sorry, Nina, I've, I need to get this fucking sleeve drawn now yeah. so I can then start the next one. So I do that. And then that way I've got, a chilled actual work like working week rather than because the hard thing is is like you know you get up you go to work maybe you need to finish design in the morning or at least do the stencil so you get in a little bit earlier and you tattoo all day get home eat dinner chill with my wife for a bit of time and then it's like start drawing again mm. it's just like it's just yeah. non-stop and it's just yeah. so hard to have that every week so i want to get my drawings done in the week off then I can just like go to work, tattoo, go home, chill. Yeah. Be you, ready you for the next day. You don't have to talk about your pricing, but do you factor that into the pr- the pricing strategy? Because that's um, a lot, you're taking, it's a lot of prep, isn't it? For Yeah. my Yeah. So I may spend for a palm size tattoo, which I don't do a lot of. I usually do, you know. Yeah. You're always posting. Uh, it's usually, you know, top of an arm, full forearm sized or like hip to knee fights or, yeah, or full no. sleeve. So I usually do like, I, call, I would say like that is a medium tattoo. Mm-hmm. And then like, you know, hip to knees, like large. And then like obviously sleeves and stuff and bodysuits is beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I don't really do a lot of small tattoos like palm mm. size or whatever uh so like if i were to draw a palm size tattoo it, i could spend anywhere from two to five hours to draw that and then maybe it only takes me two to three hours to tattoo it so more often than not 
it takes me longer to draw it than to tattoo yeah. it. Yeah. But if I say I'm drawing for top of an arm, I could spend anywhere from five to ten hours, maybe mm. even more. But that's it's not. It's time, not like it? a. I'm really good because I'm spending all that time. It's like, no, actually, it's a reflection of how not good of an artist I am that I'm not able to draw it faster. And I wish that I were more honed in on my skills and not kind of spending a lot of that time really kind of meeting dead ends or, or, or hating what I've done and like fighting over the composition for so long. Like when I draw the first kind of two thirds of the tattoo drawing process is like torture and it's really hard work. Right. But then the last third where it's like that it's there. I just need to draw that neatly, do the values, then have a color study by the morning. That's when I'm actually enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. The, the color plan is always my favorite bit. It's like getting all everything kind of planned out and in place. And then the colors, especially like when I, I tried to change from going from doing like my, neo traditional work to doing this kind of neon stuff in it playing with light sources that's when it got fun for me of like kind of changing that instead of like sometimes when you get kind of restricted by certain clients i don't know if you get this where be, that some might be like i want this to be blue but then this to be yellow and then this to be this and you're like those colors don't really go no. yeah i'm learning now more as i'm getting better with color how to handle that to actually pull that off so it rather than using the true colors red blue whatever mm, you yeah. know okay right well you know they want red and then this color well then that i know those colors don't necessarily go together but i know i can pull that color into another color make it a halfway mark between mm. the two and then yeah. you're getting say it doesn't go but yellow goes better i'm bringing that color into a yellow and yeah sure. and, and you then you can make a cohesive palette with those still elements yeah. and only within the past few years of really understanding that You've and realizing how to do it palette, but now it's i'm happier with my palette now because i've stripped it right back and i right. and i'm really not like you have to have these colors you don't have a choice mm. but i realize now I, I i excel better when i work with just these colors yeah and i i like it more because i like the look of it Whereas yeah, yeah. before this stage, maybe, you know, five years previous, I was using all the colors. Yeah, and yeah. I, in my mind, like coming from graffiti and stuff like that, it was like, make it vibrant, you know, all the colors, make mm. it the most like shock, like not shocking, but like really intensive looking tattoo. And then as years go by and I'm looking back on my old work and it's like, my God, that's harsh to look at. Like there's just too yeah. much saturation. There's too many colors. There's, there's no cohesive palette there. It's just everything. And I hated it. So now where I have like this certain palette that I always use, I'm like, oh, okay, I love my work. And now my work it is recognizable into itself. It's like, oh yeah, cool. Because I recognize those colors. So that must be his kind of thing. Exactly. You know? It brings yeah. a style into it from a yeah, like the, pattern, Exactly. The palette it? is its style in itself as well. And then that way it's easier to color things. Whereas yeah. before it was like, Christ, that's red. This has got to be that color. How the hell am I going to make that yeah. work? Now I know it's like, well, I'm going to do it these colors and I know they go nice next to each other or whatever. And it's, yeah. it, it, it's, it's much easier. And you know as well, like what colors are going to heal better. You've got that kind of control. I, I, yeah, I, I'm I'm very locked into the, the brand of inks that I use, but then a little bit of others outside of that. But using a certain brand of ink I always use, I know they're good. And yeah. I, know, I know which ones of those don't heal good, so I don't use them. Yeah. So I've I've been using that brand for 
10 plus years now. So I've got quite familiar with which ones heal. And like typically people would be like, oh, you know, yellow's the first to go and it's going to show its age or completely come out of the skin. Whereas this brand's yellow is undeniably the best yellow on the market. Mm, and I've, I've, I've seen that yellow on someone for it's like eight plus year old tattoo and it yeah. looks like it went in day one. Mm. And it's, that gives me confidence because I use a lot of fucking yellow in my tattoos now. Yeah. And I know some people might be a bit like, well, that's going to just heal like shit. And it's like, well, no, I know. Mm. I've seen that 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 color eight it's, years yeah. old as saturated and as solid and as yellow as, as the day it went in. It's crazy because even um, Jess's arm, the top of her arm, she had really bright yellow flowers and they're all, like, yeah. one of them around the back is just, just skin now. Mm. It's like it's been lasered. Yeah, well, it's yeah. The, with that brand, they've got the two yellows and the golden yellow, I guess it's that warmth in it that holds well. Mm. And then their other yellow, which is more of a brighter canary yellow, that just goes. I've, I I, 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 I've used that for big roses on someone's arm and then, you know, you see them like a year later and it's like it's completely gone. So it's like I've then gone back over it with the same color in hopes that a second layer will hold. And I have seen good results in that where I did see that person then again some years later and it was like, oh, yeah, it's it's, it's there now and it yeah, stayed. Yeah. So it's like maybe I kind of could have put it in better the first time or maybe it's just the nature of having a second layer has helped. But yeah. then you never know 10 years from now it's probably going to fall out again, whereas the golden yellow holds. Yeah. And I, I've seen it held for years. That's nice. Um, we, can we rewind a bit and talk about your apprenticeship? Because um, yeah. we touched on it, obviously, when the mics were off and stuff. Um, and we were kind of talking about people getting apprenticeships and then there maybe being like that kind of divide of, obviously, it's who you get taught by, isn't it? You know, be all and end all. But what about your apprenticeship? I mean, you don't have to name any names. You don't have to do right. anything like that. But you can just talk. Because yeah, well, I'm I sure mean, Joe would like to hear. Yeah, about. yeah, I wish I got taught by someone who was really good. <laughs> Fucking hell, I probably wouldn't have done such shit tattoos for like five years. But no, I. So so yeah. So coming out of uni, going to that tattoo studio, which was like a small. Um, like street shop yeah so north yeah. london in high barnet it was a street shop in the back of a barber's so it was a it was at the time it was a one chair little studio one artist working there mm. um and that's where i started um and then when i started tattooing they made it a bit bigger so it was a two person mm. studio so and then i had a station but the way that went was to begin with my apprenticeship was Doing all the cleaning and everything, which was absolutely fine because I was learning hygiene and everything. So I absolutely to be expected and was totally worth the time and really important. So I'm glad yeah. that it went that way. Uh, then the rest of the time, what I would be doing is the, the studio was like a, there was a little corridor to then the the actual tattoo space. And then in the corridor was, was a, you know, upright drawing table. Uh, so that's where I would sit and I would be drawing. And then if a potential client would come in, they'd meet me first. And then I would liaise with the client about, oh, what do you want to get? And then sort out that design, like booking for the tattoo eye. So I basically did not his bookings, but his consults with yeah, people right. okay. so i was doing that while he was then uh getting me to draw for his appointments okay. so he was not the best tattoo artist in the world at the time so it's like, uh, i'm just going to get you to draw everything yeah so yeah, yeah. so for him it was nice because i was <laughs> i was uh <laughs> i was doing his homework for him so i was at that time drawing david beckham sleeves 
that's what I was doing. You know, yeah. puffy clouds, yeah. doves and cupids and all of that sort of stuff, cherubs. And uh, so I was sitting there drawing that sort of stuff uh, for him. And I, again, I didn't know anything about tattooing. So that was tattooing to me. That's what it was. I didn't know. There was a couple of old, uh, old school rips out of magazines framed up on the wall, but nothing to really inspire me to realize there was anything more to it than that. So that's all I thought tattooing was. And, uh, I was drawing all of that at first while then also working on my own stuff, which at that time was the earliest kind of tattooing I saw that actually like sparked my interest was I went to uni uh, with someone who then also went into tattooing. So we both started tattooing roughly the same time. He absolutely exploded and became a really like, prolific kind of artist in the industry. Uh, that was Philip Yarnell oh, out yeah, of nice. uh, Skin Yard in uh, Southend. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And so we went to uni together. He was already like really interested in tattooing and got tattooed a lot at Skin Yard and they knew about him. And he, I believe that the, the setup was when you finish uni, we'll take you on as an apprentice. He was doing so it was Bert, that's all exactly, yeah, yeah, Bert Thomas. So he was uh started his apprenticeship as soon as he left uni, so did I. So my only outside of David Beckham sleeves look at tattooing was what he was doing. Yeah. So he was doing, you know, very heavy black, uh, super dark traditional tattooing mm. so that's all i knew outside of that so i was also kind of doing something like that but i also really like color coming from graffiti so i was mixing the two with really heavy black traditional but also trying to do like really colorful kind of traditional stuff yeah um it, this was also the really early days of um instagram wasn't a thing yet so yeah. miami ink hadn't really popped off yet as well so I was able to get into tattooing really easy. I literally yeah. walked in off the street. Can I work for you for free for two weeks? Yeah, of course you can. Can I have apprenticeship? Yeah, of course you can. So I was like straight in the door. Mm. I don't. I, I probably didn't even have any kind of a portfolio that was in any way remotely angled towards tattooing. It was just what I was doing at university at the time. Which and was, what what was that? What were you doing? I don't. I don't want to oh, run you off track. I but. didn't have. Like I said, said I didn't have no direction. So I yeah. was just, I wasn't doing anything graffiti based in it was project. It was, well. it was just influenced from kind of artists that I found and liked and was trying to replicate kind of what they were doing is yeah. like, cause I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I was like seeing what I liked, trying to replicate that with what I could understand and yeah. my, my tool set of what I had at my disposal. Mm. So I was just bouncing through things like that. So I had no real any direction in any style so of it art. So if you got that portfolio now, you wouldn't see any kind of tattooing relationship? No, no. I mean, I was yeah. using, you know, Poshka paint pens and drawing on found bits of wood, like kind of like oh. flat, hieroglyphic-esque flat images of okay. abstract, but not, I don't know. It's, I can't bring really... It back. Bring it back into the style? <laughs> no, this wouldn't work at all. <laughs> but no, so yeah, I, I I had nothing, no actual art direction. So even like I say, I got into it without having a really good, strong portfolio that sh showed I had any understanding of tattooing at all. So for him, I was free work, which was great. Yeah, so yeah. his yeah, way like of... Like university student, he's doing art. Yeah, yeah. My drawings. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. So I was, uh, so I got in really easy. Miami Inc. hadn't really exploded yet so tattooing wasn't really in the mainstream yet instagram wasn't a thing yet so 
having a really early entry into Instagram was good because I was just by accident putting work on there, not really realizing kind of where it was going in terms of where Instagram went. I mean, yeah, you yeah, know, that's... we was just like, to begin with, Instagram was, we thought it was like a photo filter app. That's all yeah, I was yeah, using it for. Yeah, just yeah, taking yeah. a picture of something and sticking a filter on it. It's like, oh, that looks yeah. nice. Post yeah. that to Facebook or whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So like, more red. We, yeah. I didn't even realize it was like a social media platform. But then once I realized that and it was like, oh, okay, artists are putting work on there. Like, oh, okay, cool. So I was posting my artwork on there as I was learning the trade of tattooing. Uh, not through actual tattooing, just being in the studio, dealing with his clients, drawing his appointments for him. Uh, so I was putting my work up on there and building a following on there from the really early days. It was obviously a lot easier back then. Mm. So I was able to develop a following. And then when it actually came to tattooing, my education of tattooing was, I think I had one one evening where two of my friends came down. I was like, okay, you're going to do a tattoo on them. How long was that in, in the apprenticeship? Phase. oh within months oh yeah okay. yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah. yeah it was like yeah pretty early I, I, I it's not like i i don't remember how long exactly but it wasn't years it, yeah, it, it yeah. would have been within the first year for sure mm. so a couple of friends come in in the evening very basic i think i'd done a mr bump on my may and then i'd done a, like a uh, a, like a target, like a gun target. So it was circles, crosshair, red in the middle kind of thing. So it's oh, like, okay. he was like, yeah, good. Cause you can practice straight lines and circles. Like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So th oh, that, cheers. yeah, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that was on his ass. Uh, so I'd done those two tattoos and oh, his, was the butt tattoo. yeah. So the, his classy. way of teaching me was, you know, I already kind of had an idea how to set up the machines and everything from watching him and him showing me, but I never had any formal education about, how the machine works, why you run it at any speed. Like literally none of that. It was just like you put the needle there. Do you think there. he knew that? No, probably not. No. Okay. Uh, you put the needle on, you know, put the elastic band around that, hold it down from rattling, you know, crack yeah. on. So, and I, I distinctly remember as well. So I tattooed Mr. Bump, which is a blue Mr. Man with white bandages around him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I done the blue and then I set up the white and I was like, oh, do I need to like, you know, get a different needle to now do the white and he was like no no you just crack straight on so i just dipped straight in the white and of course like there's like a gradient of blue <laughs> into white for the rest of the tattoo and it's like he didn't even explain to me like to, to rinse the <laughs> yeah. needle or nothing so uh yes yeah, so it was a really like not very educated person trying to teach me and beyond that first day of showing me how to tattoo from then on, if I were doing a tattoo, he would probably stand for five minutes and then go drink coffee outside of the tattoo space and just leave me alone. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. at the end, either destroy me for how bad the tattoo came out or not really say anything at all. So that is as far as my tattooing education ever went. So really you taught yourself? I 100% taught myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, from just figuring it out trial and error and mm. just slowly getting it wrong and changing things ever so slightly not even having um somebody else like i like i said my friend phil i wasn't in communication with him after uni apart from when instagram picked up and then i was really following his work on instagram as well as facebook and and then getting tattooed by him a lot i was later in in it getting a bit yeah. better information secondhand through him but, you could see the world was a bit more wider. Then, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, having nothing, I was just 
fumbling through it. Mm. But having the Instagram to begin with, work was slowly coming to me. And I didn't have that kind of tattoo apprenticeship where it's like, right, okay, cool. You're doing, you know, small walk-ins, you're doing tribals and really like learning how to do these kind of skills that then are really beneficial later in your career. Yeah. I never tattooed a tribal tattoo in my entire career. <gasps> and I, I mean, outside of, you know, script, little butterflies, that kind of thing. I do a flash sheet. I don't really have <laughs> that kind of like behind me. I never did it. I was literally drawing my tattoos. And yeah. then if somebody found me on the internet and came and booked in a tattoo with me and would travel down or to me to get tattooed, I was doing them. So I was doing, nice. you know, one or two tattoos a week at the most. And then mm. maybe nothing or maybe was a it month. busy consistent then like would would people come through the barbershop and be like there's a tattooer in there and all so the was the, the so the like? the clientele of the area was mostly the local uh council estate so all of those people that wanted the david beckham sleeves that yeah. he was providing that for them okay because it yeah. would have been and you're kind of left to your it was devices. the only tattoo studio in the area apart from obviously you move on to the next town and then they've got one and mm, it was like it's yeah. not like free on every high street like it is today mm. so yeah we just had all of the local council estate coming to us for the david beckham sleeves yeah. uh, so i was too nervous to do the tribals on them uh, because if it was anything smaller than like a, a nine round uh, liner i was uh too scared to use it because i couldn't you know the bigger the needle was easier for me to tattoo with so i would be too scared and had no support so if uh if that kind of tattoo was required of me i would be like i can't do it to my boss and then he would do it so i was only really doing my clients uh so it was like slow a really slow build i mean i don't think i was doing anything good for the first two or three years i don't think i even really got to a point where looking back now at that could say yeah, okay. It's not the best style and it's not the best executed, but at least you know what you're doing and it's yeah, not yeah. I'm not scarring them. That wasn't until like the four or five year mark, you know? So it was the slowest progression you could probably achieve in tattooing. Sure, yeah. So yeah, having like an actual really educated teacher teaching you would have been so nice, you know, mm. to, 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 to have got out of that terrible five stage. Years, it would have just went, yeah, you yeah. Could, have, could have got got to that point in six months really quickly. That's the thing with apprenticeships these days. It's like people rave and go, yep, get an apprenticeship is the best thing to do and obviously is, you know. But then it it's totally depends who's teaching you as well. Yeah. You've just got some 100%. old mate who's got a shop who's teaching you. Is it an apprenticeship or is it just the under the banner of an apprenticeship, isn't it? Yeah. You know? Mm. Yeah, um, it's like I like that I did it in a shop and I didn't do it in my kitchen. Oh, actually saying that, his his formal kind of all right, you're ready to do tattoos now was Here's it. He bought all of the stuff to begin with. Um, actually, no, he didn't. Anyway, whatever. So I had to buy all the the shit and he uh, he's like gave me the list of the things to buy. He's like, here you go. This is everything you need. I was like, right, okay, cool. It all came. I was like, sweet, I got everything. Now I can start tattooing. He's like, yeah, sweet, okay, cool. So start tattooing at home. And then when you get good enough, you can do it in the shop. So here's his so <laughs> actual kind of like to start tattooing was, yeah, go do that in your kitchen, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, right. and then when you, get, when, when you get it to a good standard, then you can do it yeah. in the shop. Yeah. So I actually, yeah, it must have been a couple of months that I was doing it literally on my bed, 
putting a towel down. Oh, you did do it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah, I was, because yeah, yeah. I, I thought that's yeah, what that's I had it, to, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I was yeah. literally on my bed, put a towel down. There are dead limbs on the towel. I'm, I'm tearing that. I mean, it was such a fuff all. I just like, yeah. I remember like having a client come and everything and she's been like, oh yeah, I've got no gloves. It's like, or I had no yeah. kitchen roll or something. Yeah, so I literally yeah, had to call the yeah. client and be like, can you pop over to the co-op and pick up some kitchen roll and bring it with you because I don't have any. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah, so it was like, oh, it's so shady. How much blood is there going to be? Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I was doing that and that was like the, to begin with, like when you're good enough doing a shop. And I'd done that a handful of times. It was, I wasn't doing that long and I, I, I wasn't doing a lot of tattoos like that because like I said, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't stacked with work to begin with. Yeah. So after, you know, two or three times of doing that, I was like, yeah, this is not good. I'm, this mm. is I'm not going to learn like this. This is terrible, you know. Yeah. So I, was, I said to him, I was like, no, I'm I'm doing it, and I need to do it in the shop." And he didn't want to, but I forced him to basically yeah, let God, me. That's such a strange. Let thing, me do it in the shop. Oh, yeah. You got to do tattoos in the tattoo shop. Yeah, like, yeah, oh. literally. So yeah, I, I forced him to let me start doing it in the shop, and then I was it was better. You know, I had everything I needed. It's like the other way around. Instead of like forcing people to not do it at home. Yeah. Like, oh, what you got? Okay, I guess you could do it in the shop. Jeez, yeah, that's I've never heard that way around. But mm. you hear everything every day, and that's the thing. Is like, should that guy be teaching people? But turns out you're a great artist. Yeah, well, I guess I had to force myself to yeah get to that point. Otherwise, it wasn't going to work. Kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, and I was young as well, so I was fresh out of uni. When I went to uni, I lived at home with my parents. When I started my tattoo apprenticeship, I still lived at home. I had no worry of money. If I was yeah. doing one tattoo a week or more or less than that, it wasn't. I didn't need money. Mm. I was just you know sitting at home playing PlayStation or drawing or tattooing. That was that was my life, you know. So how old were you then? So I must have been. When did you go uni? Eighteen. Yes. Well, when did you leave secondary school? Uh, when so, <laughs> when you you leave secondary school, I'd done sixth form for two years, and then straight into my degree, I didn't do like a foundation yeah, degree. So, so I was eighteen. Yeah. So yeah, eighteen. So then I would have been twenty-one when I finished. Mm. So from twenty-one, and yeah, then, and it's good because you're at that age where you you know lucky enough to have a support network when you're saying with family and stuff like that. Because it's like down different now because you're apprenticing. Yeah. Two kids, house, mortgage, yeah. and you're starting that start bit where for us, like when we was younger, you can be like, oh, yeah, it doesn't matter. If, if Even if I did like a couple of tattoos in a month, like I'm not going to be out on my ass because of it because I live at home, you mm. know? So it's it's all right. but Yeah, it's really different for me where I'm like, I need to hustle. I need to do this. Yeah. I need to be tattooing every day mm. because I've got two kids. Oh, my missus. They they all need feeding, mm. watering, Water. keep, a, keep a roof over their head. Does that add more pressure to it? It adds more pressure, but then like I try and I try and turn that into more drive. Mm. I have like I can't come into this with the attitude that I have nothing to lose. I have everything to lose. Yeah, yeah, sure. Like with a mortgage and stuff, I have I have absolutely everything to lose. So I need to make this work. Yeah, and it does. It does make me like push harder. Yeah. And like going back to like you saying like I'm really lucky to be where I am learning from you. But with that comes like there's such a high bar in mm. that shop. And it goes back to again like how 
everyone's so self-critical. I'm really self-critical because I'm just looking at like your work. I'm looking at Josh's work and Jess and like Kyle. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. And it's such a high bar that I'm comparing myself to. I'm like, I'm fucking getting nowhere. Mm. But then I've always got you guys gassing me up and being like, no, you're doing great. You're doing great. Yeah. And I kind of have to we remind myself. That. Yeah, well, I kind of have to <laughs> remind myself to like take what you say over what my brain is saying to me. Yeah, yeah. Where my brain is constantly going, you can't do this. Mm. You're fucking terrible at this. What advice would you give to Joe from you? from that kind of stance from that apprenticeship because you're it's kind of flipped around now because you've got the you did the apprenticeship when you was younger and you're then but you've got family you said you got a third one on the way now so now you're in the deep end with the family stuff now and you've had to make that balance how could you get that five-year mark and be like well, it's being around you guys that's going to really help that, yeah. isn't it? It's mm. like like when I was tattooing, I was tattooing by myself with someone who wasn't doing the greatest work, so I had no inspiration. All I had was yeah. what I was seeing my friend Phil doing as like, okay, that's where I need to get to. Mm. But then so when I help you out, you bounce off each other. No, no. I mean, I just looked at his work on instant. Oh, in, okay. In there, yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I, I was in communication with him in terms of like, oh wow, that looks great, but yeah. not like a Phil. Can you help me with this? How do I do that? I, I never reached out to him in that way. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, I only had what I see him do as a, as a foundation of, okay, I need to get to there. So, like, I uh, I was set the, the – the, 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 the um, what do you call it? The benchmark was, like, the lines have to be clean because his lines were perfect, mm, yeah. absolutely flawless. Mm. The whip shading was perfect. Everything was just absolutely on point, and that's – all I knew about tattooing. So I, if I wasn't achieving that, it was a bad tattoo. So I really forced myself to get to that point. And like, yeah. I had to have clean lines and I yeah. had to have clean shading. And if I wasn't, it was a f complete failure. Yeah. So yeah, have, doing that all by myself was so slow. That's yeah. it, so it took me so long, but there wasn't until after, God, maybe it was in that, you know, fifth year onwards was when I finally moved out of that studio and then worked in a, a better studio with really good artists that then my work actually excelled and, mm. and grew much rapid and much faster because I was actually surrounded by yeah. really good people and yeah. seeing how they were doing things, asking questions and then realizing how to do that better myself. So my work didn't get anywhere good until I was surrounded by yeah. other was, artists. Yeah, was that Cloak and Dagger? So that was Cloak and Dagger. So nice. I, I, I was somewhere in between that as well. So the first studio for maybe four to five years, I have no idea of the timeline, but something like that. Yeah, yeah. Then uh, some three years into that, then I got reached reached out to by an artist in a neighboring town in Potter's Bar who found my work on Instagram was like, oh, you, like, it's really cool. Like, you know, you should come to the studio and hang out. And that was my my mate, Will Thompson. And that was oh, okay. yeah, Ink yeah. Lounge in Palmer's Green. So I was like, had never had anyone in the industry reach out to me. I had no speaking with any other tattooers. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, this is cool. Let me I want to go over there. So I was, I was yeah, really nervous yeah, nice. and I went over there and uh, they were really cool. They were super nice, the owner, Justin and Will. So we uh, started hanging out in terms of I started to do one day a week at the shop. 
Yeah. So I was doing the rest of the days of the week in my normal shop in Barnet, then going one day a week to them. Yeah. Uh, and I did that for, like I say, maybe a year or two till then getting the job at Cloak. So the way that came about was I saw them post on the internet because I, I, th I think I already followed Hugh Sheldon and Luke Jinks who worked there, but they hadn't, they weren't working there yet. It was coming back and forth. Well, so he, well, he was like Birmingham way. Uh, I think I can't remember exactly. I can't remember exactly where Luke's from, but I think it's like Birmingham way. And then Hugh was, I know he was in uh, Cheltenham. Yeah. So he was, he, I, I, I must've already knew their work and I probably found them through Will. Cause I think Will was friends with Hugh and I, where was I going? What was I saying? So, oh no. Yes. Yeah, so, um, so anyway, so I was following their work. And then Cloak and Dagger posted, this was before they were opened or about to open, that they were opening yeah. and that they were looking for artists. And I saw that and I was like, oh, like, oh, cool. Like Hugh Sheldon and Luke Jinks work at this shop. Like, that would be so fucking cool if I can work at that shop. Mm. So I, but in my head, I was like, I'm, I'm probably not good enough. Like, but if you don't try, you don't get. So I was like, well, yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll send that email. So I remember sitting down and writing an email to the owner and saying, you know. Was that Ben? That, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. would have been Ben. Uh, so I was like, yeah, I, um, I really want this. I really care about this. I really work hard towards this. You know, I, I'm not wasting uh, this career. I, I, you know, I mean, I, I don't fuck up and party hard and don't, you know, come into work with a hangover and stuff like that. I, yeah, I care yeah. about doing a really good job of what I do. And I would love to work in the studio if you'll have me. And I remember his email back was like, um, he was like, yeah, sounds, your work, your work ethic sounds really good. You know, a lot of the artists that do work here, we're, we're all kind of like young tattooers. Most people have only been tattooing a few years anyway. So you'll fit right in, um, like come down for a chat and we'll see where it goes. And I remember going down, it must've been around December time. Uh, and I, uh, met them, met the studio and, uh, he was like, cool. Yeah. You, you've got the job if you want it, you can start like immediately if you wanted to. And I was like, oh, wow, great. Like I have some bookings already in January. Uh, so I, I need to obviously finish them. Uh, and then can I start as soon as that's done? He's like, yeah, sweet. So I literally, yeah, done one more month at the studio where I had like X amount of bookings left over. Yeah. And was there just... an awkward transition with that? No, it, it, was, it was sad to say, because I became really good friends with the barbers. They were yeah. really cool. So yeah. it was sad to like say goodbye to them, but they were like the owner, who John, he, I wouldn't be where I am right now if it weren't for him. Like yeah. I say, I had like a bad apprenticeship and stuff in terms of learning to tattoo, but in terms of the environment the I was in and the yeah. opportunity I was given, I put that down to him. I know the artist said yes to me, but beyond that point, John, the barber who owned the studio, he was always there supporting me and, and mm. encouraging me. And if I needed to, like I had, like I said, I had to buy all of the gear myself and I had no money. He bought it for me. And then he was like, just paying me back afterwards. So he nice. like gave me like 500 quid and I got mm -hmm. the full set up, a couple mm -hmm. of Mickey Sharps machines. Yeah. So let's Classic. do this. And uh, yeah, so, John. yeah, so absolutely. I love John here. I, I wouldn't be where I am if it weren't for him. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, having, um, was it the T dial? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Liner and a shader. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but yeah, uh, from, uh, yeah, yeah. From that February, I started full time. So I said goodbye to the barbers, like, thanks, you know, for everything. Uh, said goodbye to the, the artists that worked there. I was like, like, 
cheers like thanks for you know, giving me this opportunity and stuff like cool I'm I'm gonna go it wasn't like a, I was didn't want to leave to like let anybody down or anything yeah, I was sure. like no I'm moving on like this is mm. this is great like I, yeah. I'm gonna go on to bigger and better things like I want yeah, this yeah. you know that's when Gox was born. Yeah. Well, it's like, because it, it all coincided so perfectly with when I started tattooing and was learning to tattoo, the rise of Instagram. I was yeah, able yeah. to pull work from that. And uh, I was able to kind of get clients f literally through uh, through that. Then Miami Inc. became a thing on TV and then mm. tattooing became into the mainstream. And as tattooing exploded, as Instagram exploded, I was riding that wave yeah. all the way up. Nice. So what would you say now, like bringing that forward to today? Like, because I see a lot of people online, they're really struggling to get work. Do you think that's, there's a financial crisis, obviously, and mm. like tattooing has been hit by that. Do you feel that in any way? Or do you think that- In terms of have my bookings drop? Um, well, you know, not, I just think about how the industry in general, because obviously we work with other people as well. And you see other artists because you've, yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of crazy at the moment. It does look really scary. You see, you know, our generation of tattooers, like you say, posting online, got space, deals left, right, and centre, yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. oh fuck, like we, shit, you know, like these yeah. these young kids, like not even them. not even like the young kids who were doing tattooing well and are doing it good, like oh ruining that for us. Like no, that's great, like that they exist. It's yeah. I guess it's like a oversaturation of so many people tattooing mm. so many people able to get the equipment watch tiktok videos to learn how to yeah. tattoo and they're generating interest on their channels and, and developing massive massive followings but they're not really good and they're mm. not actually tattooing good stuff but the, the style of, of interest people like these you know, naive, if you want to be kind to what you want to call it. Like it's, it's just the terrible stuff, you know, it's like yeah. really poorly done. And it's like, that's really trendy now. So a lot of them are riding that wave. And so I feel I, as an assumption, I have no idea how things work, but as a guess, I would say that maybe like all of the younger crowd of people who are now getting old enough, now have jobs and have money and want to get tattooed. The trend is that. Yeah. So they're following that and they're getting that style of tattooing. Because it's everywhere. Yeah, exactly. And they're not necessarily stories. looking at these, you know, these traditional tattoo artists as, as like, like, because maybe they're thinking that's old man tattoos, you yeah. know? Like, yeah. so, so maybe those people might be struggling because the potential new wave of work coming in has shifted and is going a and different the direction. Of the consumer yeah. as well. I, I've noticed with my work, my clientele, which might correlate to why I haven't seen a, I haven't had bad months and I haven't had like, oh my God, I've got no bookings. I for like the, obviously once I got better at tattooing and my diary was filling up, I haven't, that's never stopped since then. So I've, I'm probably on 10 plus years now of tattooing every day I intended to tattoo every day yeah, nice. minus a last minute cancellation or do you know what I yeah, mean yeah, something, something's unavoidable yeah I've never I've never had to I've never had to have a tough month and worry what that's like but as I've aged myself and as my style has aged as well like you know in our early days of tattooing I was doing you know very vibrant very young graffiti kind of girls with backwards caps that kind of imagery which definitely yeah. appeals to a, a younger crowd 
uh, where my art style has matured now and uh, I see a, a, a more timeless approach to the imagery and, yeah. and the colors and stuff like that, I feel like my clientele was aged with me as well. Yeah. So I'm not tattooing fresh out of uni, you know, under 25 aged people. Yeah. barely anymore my yeah, clientele yeah, are same. 25 to 35 or maybe a little bit older than that people my age stable lives though, people with families good. people yeah. with a you know a, a job and a stable career they've probably been doing for 10 15 years and yeah. and their money is okay and they're, they're financially in a good position that they can afford to spend what it costs to get a tattoo once a month yeah so but that clientele are who are booking in with me so the stability has maintained with their stability for me. So I haven't at this point now, I don't want to fucking jinx it, but I haven't yeah, seen like a, 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 <laughs> a, I haven't had a big drop off, but you know, it's, I'm also seeing. I think it comes with the talent and it comes with the motivation and a lot of yeah. stuff. It shines through. I'm seeing a slow down. Cause, cause when I was at cloak, they were doing my bookings, they were doing my emails. So I never had to do any of that. I never had to worry about that. My interaction with my work was an email comes in the front of house, read it, go over it, break it down into a bite size kind of key points. Then they would present that to me and be like, this person wants this. They want yeah. it there. And, and, duh, duh, duh. and I would then say, cool. Yeah, I can do that. Or instead of that, this would be better. This size, yeah. this price. They would then go back, tell them that. Then they go, yeah, cool, I want to do it. And then that's now in the diary. Then yeah. I'm not thinking about that until I open my d diary on the Monday. What do I have booked in this week or you know, a couple of weeks ahead or whatever? Okay, cool, this, this, and this. And I sit down, I draw it, and then, then I tattoo it on them. Whereas now I'm dealing with all of it myself. So I'm right. doing the emails, I'm quoting people and I'm making my own bookings. So now I actually have an insight into how often emails come in because yeah, it was yeah, sure. it was not my world before. I had no yeah. idea whether I was getting 10 emails a week or 100 emails a month or whatever. I had no idea what actually was flowing in. I just mm. had a consistent diary and a waiting list. So that was all cool. Whereas yeah. now I'm seeing, okay, cool. This is how they're coming in. Oh, if I'm not posting on Instagram, oh, I'm not getting emails coming in. Right, and I, yeah. so I'm seeing that now. And also with the age of my clientele, now I'm noticing, oh, okay, summer is actually a slower period for inquiries because holidays. they're they're having holidays and yeah. they're taking yeah. their kids' places and their yeah. their family time. Changed. So I'm yeah. seeing, oh, okay, that makes sense why I'm not being swamped with emails over this summer period, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, whereas before you would imagine summer, everybody sees tattoos. I want to get a tattoo. And then they're, yeah. they're, they're in, yeah. inquiring to get tattooed. And then you would typically expect the winter periods to be more quiet, but it would just be the, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, the tattooed clientele really understand the industry. No, oh, I'm going to get my tattoo in the winter so yeah. I can heal it and I can be out in the summer with it rather than when it's hot, I can't actually be outside. Um, so yeah, I, I have seen that. Um, but yeah, who knows? It's just as time tells. If I keep neglecting to post on Instagram as I so successfully do, <laughs> I will have no fucking work. Well, I guess this is a good point. So then, if we wrap it up with what does the future hold for Gox is dead? Well, you got planned because you've just moved shop. Oh yeah, so I'd done a massive move from London as well. Yeah, did you? a massive life 
change in career change not career change but like a something that could drastically affect your career mm. which is a really scary thing to do having worked and i've lived in london my whole life so i've worked in london in a very successful tattoo studio for 10 years yeah. that what i was pulling in on my instagram what the shop was pulling in for its kind of fame was bringing the work for me so i never had to worry about work and yeah. it's a case of oh like if i'm doing this myself and i'm not in london anymore is that work going to be there? Yeah. Uh, so it was, I didn't trial it. It wasn't a case of, okay, let me, you know, try it and go, go. Well, I don't know, do it on a small scale. Yeah. It was a case of, no, we bought the house, we moved. And what was the I, reason for the move? To have the kids out of Kids, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't want to raise the kids in London. Wanted right. to, you know, have them have nature on their doorstep. So yeah, nice. you know, going to the beach every morning, that sort of thing is really important. Yeah. So yeah, we didn't want to do it in London. Uh, so yeah, we was like, okay, no, we're, we were going to do it. And it was, if if tattooing wasn't going to work for me, then I was do something else. Mm. I wouldn't have been like, no, well, I, we can't, we got to go back. No, yeah. if tattooing dried up for me, I wouldn't move them back into the city. I would figure something else out. Yeah. So to having that fear of, oh my God, when I open my diary, is anyone going to book? So I had about a month buffer from leaving Cloak and living there. So I was, I'd moved, I still had a month in the diary of bookings that I needed to finish. Uh, so I was going back to finish that. So just before that, I announced, okay, cool, I'm opening my books for the luckily it was the first time in a long time because i had a backlog of a, like a couple year long waiting list and whatnot so it was nice that i could actually finally for the first time in a few years actually say my books are open like yeah, send yeah. send your emails now and yeah. i remember making that post and just being too scared to open my emails yeah, and i was just like yeah. no, I'm, I'm not looking at that and i left it i was like i'll leave it for a week and then I'll check. And then I was still too scared to look after a week. Mm. I left it for two weeks. And then my wife was like, you've got to fucking look because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing there. We need to figure something out. I was like, oh, fucking hell, yeah, okay, yeah. I've got to look. And I, I looked and I skimmed and I was like, okay, cool. I think there's a lot of information there. I think mm. there's, I, as, I don't know how many people sent two emails, but I think there's like 30 plus emails. So nice. I, I think we might be okay. Yeah. And then when I actually went through it, done all the bookings, got everybody booked in. It was about six, uh, seven months of work. So wow, I was like, nice. okay, cool. Yeah, like, thank yeah. fuck for that. So yeah, I booked yeah, the yeah. seven months and then I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll close my diary now and then I'll just do that again in three months time. And, and that's the way it's going to work from now. Mm. So I was like, yeah, cool, sweet. So I left it. And then uh, normally before at Cloak, I would just do three months of bookings, one month before the end of that, I would open my books and do three months of booking. So when I say open my books, it wasn't like an Instagram announcement. It was they would just contact the waiting list, yeah. book their million, yeah, and, sure, and just yeah. do that every two months, every three months. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, I uh, was like, oh yeah, well, I'll just do that same formula. And then, you know, halfway through that seven months, uh, my wife was like, yeah, don't wait just in case it's crap again. You, do it earlier. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's probably a good idea. So I, I, after about four months in, uh, three months in, I opened them again. And then that second wave was less, which was to be expected because that first wave, people would probably been waiting a year or two to get in. So that was that first excited rush. And then now it's a case of how much interest have I attracted over this past three months kind of thing, you know? Yeah, nice. uh, so then that was less, but still finished my year. 
So mm, I was yeah, like, okay, nice. cool. That's the first year booked. We're, we're good. No problem. Uh, so now I've decided rather than do the closed books and open books situation, which I never really thought of it in a negative way. I always thought, well, this is good because, you know, you give a time that people can book in and then they can send their emails and you do it all in a nice little package and it's done. Yeah. And then you would have all your bio books closed. Uh, and then it wasn't until I heard someone else's client explain how crap that looks to a potential client, which I never thought about. And the way they said it was like, yeah, because like you see this artist that you really like, and then it just says books closed, and it's yeah. like, right, well, so what? I'm just gonna watch your Instagram for a year and hope I'll catch when you open it again. Yeah, like, there's sure. no indication of that could be ten yeah. years. Mm. Like, why would I sit there saving this place and you never open your books because you don't have to? Yeah. So having them say like, yeah, I wish they just said opening my books 2023 or whatever is some indication of how long that wait yes, might be. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh shit, yeah, that makes sense. So I was like, okay, well, rather than just have books closed, I'll maybe have books closed for now and then a date when I expect yeah. them to open, which I did for that second wave. I said, like, I'm going to open my books in July or whatever. Yeah. Um, so then I then realized, oh, do you know what? I'm too scared. I'm too worried to do that. And then no one emails. Yeah, sure. So I was like, fuck it, books open. I'll nice. just I'll just book as things come, yeah. um, and then I'll just try my best to be strategic and not just do what I'd previously done in the past, which was just constantly book and then go yeah. a whole year without booking a holiday and realizing your friends, you know, has a, a wedding coming up and you have to cancel on a, a client and then to push them back like a whole year is just so unfair. Yeah, so it's yeah. like what having that three months at a time booking system worked well because it was a case of. Well, I know I only have to worry about this three months. The rest of the world, like to my life, is is I can still do things. I can actually yeah, yeah, yeah. be for something and, and yeah, book that time off. Stuff you need that. So time. having that formula was really beneficial, and I really liked it. But now with the current climate, tattooing, the worry that the work's not going to be there, I just I don't think I'm that open my books swamp of email coming, close my books kind of artist anymore. Mm. I'm just going to now my books are open. I'm just booking what comes in and trying my best to be a little tri- a little bit pr- uh, strategic yeah. about you know you know don't just cram every fucking day in a month and actually like maybe have a week off periodically yeah. every now and then and then you know if if i've got a week booked off at least i know like we could last minute do something or actually plan to do something yeah, in that yeah. time that i've booked enjoy off. your spoils of tattooing as yeah. well yeah you know, yeah that's the thing isn't it but what's your your final words what is the future for oh so i mean my interest in tattooing where i want to go from here is my main focus is just i want to I want to keep getting better at my craft in terms of the design, the style, and then the application. And I've, that's always been my drive and still always will be, but doing it on a, on a scale that I'm doing, because I've found the nicest and most comfortable way I work and manage my bookings and have enough bookings is I don't want to do two medium-sized tattoos every day I work. Yeah. So many bookings you need to do that. What I want is I want large projects. I want tattoos that take one to two or three sessions to finish. Mm-hmm. I want, you know, full sleeve projects, backs, these bodysuits, these kind of projects. So that way to fill a year of work, you need like 10 people. Yeah. Whereas if you're doing, you know, palm size two or three a day, you need like 50 people or whatever the math is on that to, yeah. to fill a year of work. 
So I know that my interest lies in big body work. I like my interest in what I like to see in tattooing is less the the subject itself. It's how that subject has been kind of portrayed on the body and how it flows with the body and and how they've kind of linked two elements together of a sleeve. I'm way more interested in looking at that in-between joining part of yeah, a tattoo sure. than the image itself. Yeah. I love the structure of a sleeve and I love mm. I love seeing how these artists that I look up to achieve these things and studying that myself and analyzing like, oh, fucking hell, yeah, because, you know, when they do this with the arm, it flows, it looks nice. And, you know, rather than doing, you know, it's a lady head and you get the whole kind of chest and hair and everything, it's like just fucking yeah. the face and like this big just looks so much more striking and it's so yeah. much more interesting and just ages better and all things like that it's the longevity of the tattoo it's how it flows on the body and the scaling and that sort of side is what really interests me and what that's where i want to push my work and you think you'll open your own place that will be the goal uh i I, when i'm before i moved to margate the plan was to open a studio straight away not like a street shop studio uh like a walk-in studio probably would have been a private place yeah uh, but I didn't want to take the risk of not knowing if I even had the work and then also having yes. the, the stress and the worry of maintaining that. Mm. So I was like, no, I'll do the beginning stages. I'll work at a studio with friends and stuff and and get my feet wet, feel how things go. And then eventually when I can dedicate, when I'm not so focused on like my family life and just getting my drawings done for work, I can actually look at other things and yeah, and, cool. and actually, you know, look at running a business and stuff like that. So my 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 end goal is definitely to open a, a big space, maybe not necessarily like a walk-in space, but a big space that has uh, maybe like five or six artists. And I'd love it if they were all really, really well-established, big-name, neo-traditional artists, mm. not necessarily doing a, the similar thing, but working in a similar way and doing large-scale work uh, so that we can bounce off each other and then provide that style of tattooing for that kind of Lower East Side of the UK. And Ken, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know how many their neo-traditional artists are even in that area. Uh, so providing that as like a, a place to go to for large-scale neo-traditional would be... Neo-traditional mecca. Yeah, exactly, you know. Yeah. Take well, it, take it away from Berlin. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd love to see how you would design a shop as well. So that's a weird thing. I wouldn't even know. I'd probably have such bad taste. I'd probably get my wife to design it. Oh yeah, yeah she's she's got great taste. She's made oh, our okay. house look so lovely. Like I, God, I, I'd make our place probably look so childish. Just be full of Lego. <laughs> yeah, it's literally just so so horrible. And and I'd probably after a year be like, fucking, hell, what the hell have I done yeah. here? You know? <laughs> yeah, just you could do all the partitions just Lego. Yeah. That, that That'd be quite cool. Just glue it to the floor. Get to build it. Be fun. I fucking love Lego. Lego's great. Well, it's been great having you on, man. Having a chat with you and figuring out all this uh, yeah, stuff. No, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. yeah. We're definitely going to do some more stuff in the future. And um, anyone you want to kind of shout out or... Uh, shout go? out to, you know, Cloak and Dagger. You know, all the artists that work there. They're great people. It's a great studio. Uh, shout out to where I'm working now, uh, Sunshine Tattoo in Ramsgate. Uh, nice. All the guys working there, super nice. We 
trying our best to make a really, really nice, high-quality, good tattoo studio in that part of the UK mm. and offer, you know, something a bit more than just, you know, your, your small walking kind of studios and stuff, like some nice stuff. out some really nice work there. I was looking the other day when we were chatting the other morning, our 5 a.m. chats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Going to do some more of them. And I guess we better get ready to do a seminar now. Yeah. Yeah. So if anyone's watching this, there'll be the seminar that will come out of uh, Jack's body compositions. That's the main focus, isn't it? The, uh, the, yeah, it's approach on my webinars. my approach on neo-traditional design and like body flow theory sort of yeah, thing no. and how I kind of do what I look at and what I pay attention to when building these tattoos, usually yeah, kind of medium to large scale. Like I say, don't do loads of small stuff. So it's that's the focus of it. Yeah, yeah, sweet. Well, thanks again. And oh. thank you guys for tuning in and see you next time.